Today on the podcast, we're talking about kit essentials. That's right. We're talking about the top five items that myself and also Dean have and love in our kit. These are the tools we don't want to leave home without. Is that it? Do we have a joke or anything? Do you have anything that you want to put in? I got, no, that's it. That was it. That's it? All right, then roll it. Hello and welcome to How I Got This Gig. My name is Dean Rainey. And with Dean Rainey is always me, Berman. Berman Lamb. Berman Lamb, that's right, I forgot about my last Let's name. Let's put that last name in there so people can track yeah. you down and troll you online, Berman. That's just great. Thank you so much. I was hoping they all just gravitate towards you for that stuff and not me, but okay, whatever. I can handle I can handle Oh, we get tons of comments out there on YouTube, and sometimes you got to take those comments with a grain of salt, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, the beauty thing is we're not millennials, so we're, we don't get too hurt when we get negative comments we're not snowflakes no no and i don't want to call out all millennials snowflakes here we don't want to uh, you know call out that section of our audience uh but yeah no that's true (laughs) hey i'm married to a millennial so you know what am i to say hey she's a tough girl though she's all right i think i think your wife is tougher than mine like if they were to like set foot in a boxing match oh your your wife will definitely prevail, but mine mine will, will be in there for optimism. She'll she'll hang in there because of her optimism, but that's sure, about it. Sure, she doesn't <laughs> see your wife will be tough because she's never been in a fight, but my wife will be tough because she has been in fights. Many <laughs> right? fights, yeah, she knows. yeah. And my wife is Thai and they're pretty tough. Yeah, anyway. she's the definition of badass, I tell you. But enough about them. Let's talk about us. We're the video twins. We are the video twins. That's still that still confuses a lot of people when we tell them that. We're not actually identical twins. We're technically video twins. That's what the doctors call us. That's what... You went to a doctor for this? <laughs> Just write a letter that says Berman and I are twins. And then we can market ourselves as the video twins. And we got it. We got it. was like $50 service charge. <laughs> $50. <laughs> Anyways... This podcast is brought to you by the Video Twins, Berman and myself, where we like to help people make better videos. And we've got a new course out called PTC 101, Seven Steps to Producing the Perfect Piece to Camera. And we just had a new student enroll, Berman. We did? Yeah, Nick Borowski just went through our course. He dropped us a note, said he really enjoyed it, thought it was great work on our behalf. And then he hopped right in the Video Twins exclusive Facebook group and ask some follow-up questions and we're providing them extra answers and resources oh excellent excellent i love that and nick nick has got his own website uh yourpodcastguru.com i want to give a shout out to nick because he's doing for podcasters what we're doing for video isn't that interesting yeah that's absolutely interesting it's uh it's good to have these specialists in different fields to help you help you along the way and like hey we're videographers where we produce stuff but we're also doing podcasts so i know yeah so we need his resources Ex- absolutely yeah we'll check right it out. and so we're going to find those very valuable so if hey if you're interested in podcasting check out nick Pulowski's yourpodcastguru.com all right okay but today berman we're talking gear and a lot of people love when we talk gear we don't always talk gear do we we're not kind of gearheads mm-hmm. in that way no not often uh, like you and i we're we're a little bit different we're not you know, cameramen per se. I mean, Dean, I know you operate the camera uh, quite well. Thank you. In recent in recent years. <laughs> uh, but I myself, I try to stay away. I own a camera, but then I just give it off to whoever I'm hiring to do the job to to operate it. 
But having said that, I still, like any other guy, love to geek out on gadgets and gear. And that's why today we're going to talk about the top five items that we have in our kit or on our shoots that we absolutely love and, and always have during our production times. Yeah, we wouldn't be caught without these. These help us do our jobs better and make our jobs easier. And uh, I don't think I'm really ranking mine, but I've got these five tools and uh, we'll go through them. I guess what, you'll do one, then I'll do one and we'll see how we land. As you said, mine are based mostly on the camera right now and right. yours is more on general production, right? General production, that's right, because the more majority of the stuff I do is really in general everything. You're directing, you're producing, you're direct- editing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but yeah, these are stuff that I just absolutely love. It's not necessarily related to the camera, but yeah, I think everybody should consider if they have if they're on a production. Okay. Well, let's let's not waste any time. We don't need. Yeah, to, let's get they into don't need it. To hear any more about us? Let's get into the gear. What's what's your right. what's your first thing, Berman? Well, Dean, the first thing on my list are the small line of Pelican cases that's out there in this world. Of course. I love those tiny, I like, I love packaging. Let's just be honest. You know, when I go to Japan, I am like completely in awe with like the packaging McDonald has for their product. You know, they would put a bag within a bag within a bag and just for presentation purposes and everything. And I absolutely love that. You eat that up. So I think that's, I I think that's horribly wasteful, but you love it. (laughs) I love it. I eat that up and the burger that's inside right. it. It's absolutely amazing. But yeah, so Pelican cases, I'm not talking about the big ones where you have like your big, your cameras and all the gear. I'm talking about the little ones where I can put my batteries. <laughs> SD and all this stuff. cards. And have, SD cards, yeah. yes. And the reason is because I love, I, I'm, I'm a very organized person. OCD. When I open my camera bag, OCD. I pass on to my well, OCD. OCD, yes, yeah. OCD. <laughs> but yeah, when I pass my camera bag over to the person who's operating the camera, I like for them to open and go, oh, wow, everything's all compartmentized. Compartment, how do you say it? Compartmentized. Everything, yeah, that sounds right. Compartmentized, yeah. Uh, and I like to have everything in separate uh, containers so that I know everything's there. I don't have to start freaking out, digging through the bag and trying to find that cable and everything. I know where everything is. So for me, those small Pelican, Pelican cases, I'm just like a geek for them. I know that when I open up your camera bag, my thought is, because I'm totally the opposite as you, is I'm like, crap, I'm going to have to remember where all this stuff goes again. <laughs> it's got to go in all these little <laughs> places, right? Because you like everything in its spot. But this is a really good tip because, you know, your stuff lasts. You know, you, you take care of it, you protect it, you get mileage out of it. And this is this is great. If you can afford these, they are kind of expensive, are they not? They are, they are. And I'm sure there's like other ways, less expensive options out, outside of Pelican. I mean, Pelican's a brand and they've done, they've established themselves quite well. So their stuff is relatively expensive. So if you can find other brands of cases, I'm, I'm sure there's like knockoffs and everything out there. That's absolutely fine. It's just the bottom line is just like finding these cases and, and putting things in their place. Right. And so you've got a lot of cases within cases then. Cases within cases. Well, not to that extent, but there's many cases in my one bag. And so you've got batteries, you've got, I got SD yep, cards. I got a case for batteries and chargers. And chargers. Uh, I got a case for, yeah, and, and chargers so that everything fits in through there. So it's not like batteries are here, chargers are there. Because, you know, these batteries don't last too long and you can't carry that many of them. So I also have chargers with me, especially when I go abroad. So I can start charging them uh, on location when I'm shooting and not just at the hotel after I shoot, right? Right. And yeah, I have, I have a, a special case. I think you have the two, the case for the, um, the SD cards yep. for recording. And those are like, quite honestly, these cards, that is what is worth the most in your bag. Because once you shot that footage, if you lose it, you've lost the entire shoot. Right. 
So, I mean, it's a $60 card, but once it's been used and you've got the footage, it's like a $10,000 card. Exactly. <laughs> you factor exactly. in all the <laughs> costs of all that there. Um, yeah. What other benefits with having a case? I guess you, you don't tend to forget anything, right? Because I hate getting to set and going, oh, crap, I've forgotten that one thing. Yes, actually, a very good point. Like every time I open a, like either you could uh, clearly tell one of your boxes, one of your cases are missing. And even then, if you open the box, because they're so tiny, everything's all packed really nicely. If you open and you look into it, you obviously can tell what's missing. As opposed to just dumping everything into a bag, that's really hard to tell what's missing and what's not missing. Okay, well, let me give you my first uh, tool that I like to have in my kit. This is very, very, very important. I like to have a ratcheting screwdriver kit. A ratcheting screwdriver kit. Mm -hmm. Why do you need a screwdriver kit on set? Well, you need a tool. First of all, your tripod. You know, you want to swap uh, plates. Yep. I'm tired of using coins. I'm beyond using keys. <laughs> <laughs> I have graduated to where I need a screwdriver. And a lot of times you need to tweak stuff. Uh, adapters, um, mounts, plates, like I said. And a toolkit, just get it. And it's got all the different heads on it. They're magnetic. It's ratcheted, so you don't have to do full turns. You get to, well, work. it works like a ratchet does. It's invaluable to have a ratcheting screwdriver kit on set. I think so, too. Like... That that was a turning point for me because I felt like once I had that toolkit, I no longer had to look like a panhandler on set going, can you spare right. some change? Can you spare some change? <laughs> That's right. And everybody's done it. Everybody's done that before. Ask for change. Yeah, you just don't think about it. You think, oh, what have I got? To, everything's all together. But then you're like, oh, I've got to change the plate or I've got to, you know, adapt this follow focus or whatever. And so you need a screwdriver. And I've also known that this is the most uh, borrowed tool out of my kit that I have. <laughs> Other departments tend to grab it as well. Yeah, that's right. I've had that experience as well. All right, let's move on to the next one. What do you have? Why don't you go first on this one? I go first on this one? Yeah. Okay. I like to have always my Rode shotgun mic. Your Rode shotgun mic. Yes. Yeah. That's a camera mounted mic. I was thinking of having that on my list as well. Um, and I think, yeah, it's absolutely very important to have something like that. And a lot of people don't have it in their kit to begin with. No, they overlook it. Yeah. They're either talking about the lav mic or maybe a boom mic, but they're forgetting that when you shoot that B-roll, you still want to have good quality NAT sound with your B-roll, and the shotgun mic allows you to do it. Yeah, most cameras can record audio and has a natural mic to it, but though that tend to be, tends to be very echoey, and it mm -hmm. captures the sound around you as opposed to a little more directional. Yeah. And they're not expensive. These Rode mics, Rode microphones have come a long way in the last couple of years. And the shotgun mic, I think it's just like 100 and something, maybe 200, but it is totally worth the money. And here's a, okay, I'll review, I have used it for a couple of pieces to camera when I was in a pinch, okay? Yeah. And it has kind of worked. You know, you got to be close to the camera and it's got to work for the shot, but I've used it where I was like, okay, I don't have the lab with me. I didn't think we were going to do something here. So, and it, it has worked, it's worked, it saved my butt. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are times where you're just running gunning and you just suddenly found this, find this person. You want to ask a couple of questions. Yeah. You don't have time to mic them. You don't have time to set up a boom mic. So what do you do? You just go up there and just start rolling. So it's always good to just have the mic on your camera and ready to go anytime you need it. Yep. It's directional and you can boost up the, the range a little bit there. It's a really great little product. Yeah. What have you got next? Next, I have hard drives. See, Every time you finish shooting, you got to have to download that footage right away immediately. You got to back it you up. You got to back it up right away. And also, separately, you know, I find myself on the road a lot. Sometimes I'm in coffee shops and hotels doing editing. So I need portable drives with me with the stuff so I can edit on the fly. So, what what is my setup? I usually have two hard drives. I would prefer 
to have one which is an SSD, uh, number one, because they're durable and also they're fast. And mm-hmm. also I have a second one. I mean, ideally, if I can afford two SSDs, I'll have that, but those are really expensive. So my non-SSD uh, option or recommendation is the Lacey Porsche design hard drives. Not because it's like a Porsche. It just, I was going to ask that. Like, do you just like that because it's got Porsche in the name? Yeah, so I, <laughs> it's yeah. Porsche design. Okay, partially yeah. because I can say... I own a car guy. Yeah, and I can say I own a Porsche. You own a Porsche? Yeah, Yeah, it's right here in my pocket, you know? (laughs) Of course, I use the Hyundai one terabyte drive. (laughs) No, No, but I tell you what, there is a reason why I go with the Lacey Porsche uh, design drives. First off, they're not that much more expensive. You're looking at, I mean, you know, a regular hard drive you can get for like a one TB, you can get for a two TB, you can get for like $100. These ones are about $130. So it's about $30 more. Not SSD though. No, I see. Sorry. Just regular. The regular yeah. They're, they're yeah. about maybe $20, $30 more compared to your regular brand ones. But usually from what I understand is that the Porsche SSD ones, they select better or more premium hard drives to put into the encasing. So it's not just the branding and design. It's also they uh, handpick their drives to be uh, on the higher echelon. <laughs> they handpick their they drives hand-pick from their a drives. factory in Thailand. Yes, with small kids right. that know their stuff about technology. Yeah. yeah. But what it is, is I know that <laughs> <laughs> the drive speed, the Organic hard drives <laughs> coming up next. Gluten-free Gluten hard free, drives. Plucked fresh from the tree of knowledge. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the reality is I do feel like they're uh, because the quality tend to be a little higher, their speeds are more consistent. You get a more consistent product overall, which means uh, the durability, the lifespan of it is a little bit longer. And for me, you know, what we're doing, the, the again, the data, the footage is very valuable. Yeah. So I want to make sure I got the best stuff. So if I can't afford an SSD, at least I have a higher end regular hard drive. Yeah. Now, these are the lacy ones that are orange fluorescent covered in the protection. Because that's what I like to use. Oh, those like are good those too. Ones. Those are good too. I don't know if those are. I don't think those are Porsche design. They're not Porsche design, but I. Believe, but I like those, and they've never let me down. Yeah, I believe they have the same drive. So your the orange ones is the rugged, the lacy yeah, rugged. The rugged. Yeah, those are yeah. good too. I I tend to feel that they're a bit bulky. Although I think in recent the recent ones they have have slimmed down a bit, so they're still pretty good. So either or, I would recommend. And of course, if you can afford it, it's, it's nice to have. Uh, an SSD drive with you. Now, I would always have two drives. I think people should understand. So when you're backing up, I'm always double backing up everything. Um, This way, if anything happens, if I lose a drive, if one drives get dropped or anything, I still have a backup. And I think that's very important. It's totally important. Don't just back up to your laptop. I might do two or three, including my laptop, but I would never just back up to my laptop if I can help it, unless I really, something went wrong and I wasn't able to do that. Also, here's another tip if you're traveling, okay? Carry everything with you carry your laptop carry your hard drives don't uh check it in you say don't check any of that in no yeah because you don't either you know and even if you're going to the place carry them with you because you don't want to say your bag gets lost you don't want to lose an empty hard drive as you're going to a job and you certainly don't want to lose a full hard drive when you're coming home carry that with you on your carry-on right okay let's move on to our third uh selection our third uh our third item for our kit for our kit that we absolutely love third tool this one is more camera, for me, more more of a camera-related product, which is the Canon EF 50mm f-stop 1.2 lens. Mm, that's a sweet I, lens. Yes. Match, match, match. We have a match. You you have it too on your we list. Have, I have that down on the list too. That's one of my five. Yeah, the 50mm yeah. EF uh, 1.2. Do you own lens. one? 
I don't have the EF. I have the uh, lower, more consumer one, but it's still a 1.2, and it's still a you know, four or $500 lens, and I love it, and I shoot all the time with it now. You know, when I first got it, I was just using it for interviews, but then now you and I have been shooting a lot of spots, and that's all we're using. Yeah. Yeah, very it's very shallow versatile. Set, yeah, very shallow uh, depth of field, very crisp look. Yeah, it and, gives you uh, this really good filmic feel and, and just the framing and everything. It's very good for close-ups and intimate shots. And I yes. like to shoot my stuff. I always tell you, my rule thumb is either it's wide or it's close-up. Nothing in between. And I think no money in the for, middle for Berman. No That's money right. in the middle for, for me. So I, with this lens, I really like to get into our subject and just feels intimate, with, especially with the shallow depth of field. It's very filmic. And full disclosure, I don't own any 50 mil a lens. But every time I have, I'm on a shoot, I always make sure that my crew, my team has one there. Yeah. I shot with the EF1 in San Diego. The, the guy there had it. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm saving up for that one now. I'm saving, saving up, for, up that for that one, one now. Yeah. The EF1 is way better than the one I have now. Right. Even. It's just a beautiful, beautiful uh, look. The bokeh is very nice. And um, we're using it a lot for B-roll. Like I, yeah. like I said, I used to just use it for like uh, interview shots or, cause you know, 50 mil is, they say it's comparable to how we see as, as humans, our, our natural eyesight. It's kind of ah, that I range. See. Okay. And so when you do interviews with that, it's very, it's very natural to the eye. Um, but I find, yeah, we're shooting a lot of B-roll with it and yep. going handheld too and letting the camera just kind of float and playing with that shallow depth of field, letting things come into focus oh, and yeah. out of focus. Oh that. yeah. I love That's that. That's your style, right? You love that's that my style. Thing. That's my yeah. thing right there. Yeah. Okay, so I've got that. So that's a match. Well, let me go with an accessory for that then. And that would be, Your I got to have... Oh, accessory yeah. for the camera, uh, the lens or the... Well, this is connected to the lens. And this would be my uh, fourth item here would be a variable ND filter. I got to ah, have it. Yes, I yes, got to yes. have it on set. Why, yeah. why a variable and not like your, your fixed different... Well, because if it's fixed, then I only get one... I mean, that's what it is, is what it is. It's either going to take it down one stop or two stops or, or two, four, six, eight or whatever. But a variable will go through all of them. I won't right. have to change uh, filters. Like if I want a two, I don't have to put on a two. I can just turn it to a two. If I want a four, I turn it to a four. And I don't have to put, change the actual filter. You got that? Yeah, absolutely. So okay. it just speeds everything up a little bit more. You don't have to like stop, change. So it depends yeah. on the situation you have. This is the most versatile uh, filter that you can, you can buy. Yep, and we use Tiffins, and they're not cheap. You know, it's a four hundred dollar filter. So, but you, you actually need it though, right? I mean, yeah, especially when you shoot outside. Four hundred dollar filter on a four hundred dollar lens. Yeah, you can't actually shoot without it outside sometimes, especially with not, our cameras. Not in the summer. Not yeah. in the summer. Not shooting. You know, open how you want to shoot. But also, a lot of times, I'll use it indoors. I'll use that 50 mil and I'll go at a 2.8 and it still may be, you know, we've got a lot of light here. So I'll still maybe throw on the ND just to bring it down with the uh, ND filter. Right. Sounds good. Yeah. Definitely something I have on my kit and yeah, I use it all the time. Now, some cameras come with these built in, like a C100 will have it built in or a Sony F5 or an FS7 or something. Okay. They'll have them all built in. They're pretty standard on video cameras, but not on DSLRs. So that's why if we're shooting the Sony a7S or 5D, um, we tend to bring these filters and put them on. Right. Cool. Okay. All right. Moving on to the next item. Is this your last item? No, this is my fourth item. Okay. And this is mainly because I do a lot of corporate work and a lot of pieces to camera and stuff like that. And, uh, and what... What this item is, is the Glide Gear iPad teleprompter. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not something that like makes the makes the visual sexy or anything like that, but it's a very very handy uh, item to have, especially when you're doing pieces to camera. A lot of people tend to have problems memorizing the scripts, include myself. I can't memorize anything. Like I barely got through school, to tell you the truth. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's always good to have. You know, teleprompters back in the day was something you had to rent, and it was big, clunky. Oh, Sometimes bulky. you can only have it in studio. You know, so now that they've come up with a version where you just use an iPad. It's a lot more convenient. It's light, easy to carry. So I always have it with me just in case the client suddenly feels like they need, they need some assistance and it's there. Um, and of course, you know, even if they've practiced their script and they, rem- they memorized it and everything, the delivery takes time to come. So for the iPad to be there so you don't have to worry about memorizing and just work on delivery uh, and having that glide gear teleprompter there makes a world of difference. For your final product. Man, we sure work in this industry in such a trans- transitional time. I mean, we have gone from, this is our age, but we have gone from guys who edited on tape mm-hmm. and used giant teleprompters. Like the teleprompters we used to use, let's see, the first ones we used were like Cathay televisions that were hung off the front of a studio camera yes. and bouncing up onto a one-way mirror. Yep. And then at CNN, when I was there, they went to flat LCD ones, but they were still super bulky, and they still had to be controlled by a full-on PC computer. And then a dude had to dial in to scroll it across, and man, like you, you traveling with one, I mean, to, you'd have three extra people just to run the prompter yeah. if you went on the road. And now you got an iPad. Yeah, you just have yeah. an iPad, a little little device that you just pop on the front of the camera. You have a little app that you download, and you you go, you transfer the stuff through like Google Drive and stuff like that, and you're good to go. Yeah, I never thought we'd see days like this. Like it's just, I look back, I'm like, yeah. wow, what a what a pivot this industry has made, and how it has opened it up for people, and that's exciting. I mean. Yeah, it's crowded out the space and stuff, but you know what? It's pretty freaking exciting that we can accomplish what we set out to accomplish now without, you know, so many barriers like technology and money. Yeah, and I think that's the reason why I love that piece of gear so much. It's like, oh, you want a teleprompter? I got it. I'll bring it along. It's just so easy. It just makes me so excited just to have something like that. It really is. Yeah. And yours is pretty reasonably priced. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's uh, I think it's about like three fifty to four hundred dollars. Yeah. Other, but of course, you need an iPad. That's going to cost you a bit, and and you know the 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 software itself. But you know, if you have an iPad already, which I didn't, I actually had to buy the iPad to make this all. Oh no! Work here's out. a pro tip. Here's a pro tip. Just borrow your mother's. Chances <laughs> are your mother has one, and then if you ask really nice, you can use it. And I always say because I always say to my mom, she's like, "Why don't you get one?" And I'm like, "I don't want another device in the house with the kids. You know that." Oh okay. yeah. And she's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure, take it." So I've got it. So I take that on the road. My mom needs it for Sudoku, so I... Right. Yeah. She's not giving it up. No. No. But yours packs away really nice, too. Yours really goes nicely. in a nice it does, little package. It comes with a little package. It comes with a package. I didn't have yeah. to get anything separate. You didn't need uh, to get a Pelican case? It came I wanted with it. to, but it came with it. But, you know, my Asian side said, well, it came with a package. You can't buy another package. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So what's your fourth one? Did you have? Are, are we on your well, fourth? We've one? done. We've done my fourth one. You've done your fourth no, one. This so. is my last one. This oh, is my last, last one. one. Okay. Yeah, last one. Uh, important tool. Got to have it in the kit. Don't want to not have it. Headphones. Headphones. I know Sounds it seems obvious, obvious but I'll, I know. I know. 
but it doesn't happen all the time. Sometimes I've been on set and I'm like, holy crap, where are the headphones? There's no headphones. Without headphones, you can't monitor the audio. Now, you still want to watch the meters on the camera because you always want to watch your audio, but you certainly got to see, uh, sorry, you certainly got, but you certainly got to listen to the sort of the quality, right, of the sound. And so it's gotten to the point now where I pack and hide a bonus set of headphones in the camera bag. Mm, so if something idea. happened that, say, the, the earbuds didn't make it in there, or I grabbed them to use them with my phone and left them in the hotel room or whatever, or we didn't have the big cans, hey, yeah. there's a bonus little set of buds in there. And I recommend earbuds if you're the camera operator, because then you just need to sort of hear, yeah, sounds coming through, it's not peaking, but you don't really need the quality. So the, the buds will allow you to hear what's going on on set, so you're not sort of locked in. Right. But then I get other bigger cans with maybe noise-canceling abilities for the sound person. If someone's going to be concentrating on holding the boom mic, running the mixer, something like that, then I really want them to listen to sound quality. Right, right. Okay, okay. That sounds well right. That's it. Any comments on that, my list? No, it sounds pretty straightforward, pretty simple. I mean, there's so so many items that I would, you know, add on to. Like when you talk about the headphones, you know, then I'm talking about like, oh, maybe we should have like an extra wired mic just in case your wireless mic goes out or something. Or, or if you have two sets of mic, that's also good. But I still have one more item. I have number five on my side. Yeah. And this is something that I absolutely have fall, fallen in love with in the past year. And this is the Ziyun Crane. And I'm talking about any generation from generation one uh, to what's coming out, I think, next month, or it's already out right now, uh, the Generation 3, or even like the DJI Ronin S. So what, it, what this is... You like gimbals, these yes. little ha- one-handed gimbals. One-handed yeah. gimbals. And uh, they're just very easy to operate. They're very quick to set up. And sometimes with the type of production that we're doing, it adds a lot of value to the production. It makes the stuff look really good, especially if you're trying to uh, you know, introduce a space... Uh, these gimbals help quite a lot. Oh, right. Yes. And uh, And they're not too expensive either. They've come way down in price. Yeah. Way down. Yeah. So, I mean, Dean, I I know that you have like a DJI Ronin M. Yeah. One of the early generations. How much did that cost you when you first bought it? $1,500. $1,500. Yeah. That's not bad. $1,500. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Challenges with it, those I can't travel. I mean, I could, but I don't want to travel with it. It's just a big bulky. Another thing I got to check through, pay 25 bucks to get it on the plane, whatever. Um, So then I bought the Osmo, DJI Osmo to travel with. But I'm, and maybe because it's a generation or two, I think it's first generation two. I'm not totally in love with the picture quality of that. It's kind of hit well, and miss. And it needs a lot of light. You're fixed with a lens and stuff like that, right? Yeah. You're only using the camera. So that's maybe on the it. new generations of those are good. But yeah, definitely. If you can get one of these gimbals, get it and throw it in your bag and have it there. Um, it's just going to raise the production value of whatever you're filming. Yeah. And you got a point. Like they're getting smaller and smaller. The Ronin M versus what they have, the Ronin S now. The packaging is so small, it's very easy for you to carry and travel. And uh, even if you're setting up by one person setup, it's very easy. Yeah. I do prefer to operate the Ronin M though. There's something just about the, it's more, it feels more like a steady cam for me. It is. It is. And I just kind of feel like uh, it's, it's more comfortable for me to operate. But I tell you what, that, and that's the other thing, right? Like you're looking at your osmo and also like i think they they also have other brands now um that have this stuff you can't change lens you can you can't you know you're stuck to that camera that has on it the stuff that we're talking about the ronin m and also the s uh and also the Zune crane all can use whatever camera you have yeah and, 
and whatever lens now because um, the the weight that they're able to bear is getting stronger and stronger and also like talking about Crazy. like you're talking about the difference between the the ronin m where you know while the other one's always eye level you can't get lower and everything they've restructured the whole handle thing so that you can go really low or really high uh in the new the crane three yeah so you might want to check that out. It's pretty cool. Well, we've got another shoot coming up, and this is for Lighthouse Festival Theater. We did one for them last year, and it's all Steadicam, walk yep. and talks, and we're going to do another one we're shooting next month. So, you know, we'll we'll pull out the Ronin-M for that again, and maybe I'll reevaluate how I feel about the Ronin-M, and maybe it's time to, you know, sell it and move on and upgrade to something else that's a little quicker on set. Possible, possible, yeah. Yeah. So there you have it. There's our kit essentials, our must-haves before we go out and shoot. Um, what have you got in your gear bag? You know, is there any essentials from your kit that you'd like to share with us? Or do you have any questions about the specific gear that we've mentioned here? Drop us a line and let us know. You can find us at videotwins.com and we're all on social media. Anything to wrap us up here, Berman? Yeah, I think uh, for those who are interested to find out more, we have a video production toolkit on our website. So check out videotwins.com for that list and other great uh, resources that we have there. Yeah, in that toolkit, we go through all the cameras that we've used, why we like them, what we don't like about them, all the grip equipment, uh, audio equipment, all kinds of stuff there. I think it's our number one downloaded opt-in product or whatever we have there. Very popular with people. There's a lot of gearheads out there. Yeah, sometimes people just love buying gear. They don't really necessarily like shooting, like me, but we love the gear. (laughs) (laughs) And man, we know somebody. We really just need to go to his house. He's a friend of GY who just buys gear and gear. Anything new comes out, he buys it. I heard about and this guy. I've never met him, not, but I heard of him. Oh, you never met him? No. Oh, man. He worked for us one day. He was a camera assistant. He came down for a shoot down here because Chiwai needed an assistant. And I said, okay, bring him down. And he knows all about the gear, but he doesn't actually know how to use it. He's like an IT specialist guy. Uh, so he's in computers, <laughs> but he's just addicted to buying stuff from B&H or Viztech or whatever. And he has everything. He's got Apparently his house is just filled with gear that he never uses. Does he even rent this stuff out or it just sits there? No, it just sits there. And I'm trying to tell GY, like, can we get in there and buy that stuff used off him? He's like, he won't sell it. He won't sell it. <laughs> and he won't use it. And he won't use he's it got, I mean, he just buys Kino flows and then he sets them up and... <laughs> test thing but you know a warning out there to people you know we've seen a lot of people get swallowed up by gear right their businesses they they go for the cadillac or they or they just get too excited and go out there and you know rack up too much debt in equipment you can you can get it you can invest in it but you you gotta you gotta be smart about it right yeah i think the bottom line is the word investment you know every time we purchase a piece of gear we're forecasting how often we'll be able to use it and when we get the return of it and we're looking back at maybe how much we've rented it in the past before we we yeah. would certainly rent a piece of gear we have no hesitation there yeah to, to renting what we need and then if we rented it what three or four times and we're like yes just buy this yeah. yes absolutely that's how we do it so that does it for us you know my name is Berman. always with me is dean we're the mm-hmm. video twins we'll see you next time on how i got this game <laughs>